Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of Trending Me Softly with His Zite. Uh, that's courtesy of Ravioli God. I'm Jack. That's Miles. That song. Woo. Oh, what a, love what it. A I remember it played in a, at Caesar's Palace once, and I hit Blackjack um, right when it, it got hit? to the part said, take it to the bus. Did, wow. And the dealer flipped over my Blackjack, and I was like, I'm unstoppable. Um, <laughs> and I walked away. Actually, I walked, I took that as a sign to just take my, my earnings. That's amazing when like the world just like edits Becomes, yeah. your reality to the soundtrack. So I already got main character syndrome. That's the last thing I needed. <laughs> was the score to my life, my gambling to be litty as fuck at Caesar's Palace. One time a bar in at Georgetown that was like the place that freshmen went to drink underage got raided right as a uh, yeah intro net like that part of the uh uh bombs over Baghdad hit. Right. Wow. Pretty cool. International. Uh, all right, so the Sopranos prequel, they, they're dropping a film, a feature about Tony Soprano, uh, not as a baby, not as a little kid exploring the New Jersey suburbs on his BMX bike, uh, which I was worried about, but as a teenager, uh, it, you know, he's in, he's in high school, uh, he's, you know, starting, there, there's like a, uh, a Bronx tale vibe to it where he's like the impressionable young youngster who's falling under the influence of his like slick gangster uh, uncle, Christopher's father. So, so the trailer dropped. My first thought was, holy shit. The mouth acting on the kid playing Tony Soprano is uncanny. Like he is completely channeling the just like certain looks of James Gandolfini. How does he do it? How does he do it? And then I read the article and it is uh, the debut, the acting debut of James Gandolfini's son, Michael. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was pretty cool how it worked out. Um, I like it. I'm, I love the Sopranos. So anything, you know, this is like fucking rogue one for Sopranos universe you're like yeah man like give me just let's 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 just more more IP more yeah. things I want to see because yeah the second you hear like Dicky like you're like oh that's Dicky Moltisanti that's Christopher's mm-hmm. dad who got killed by that cop if you remember when he was trying to build a crib for him so he was led to believe um but yeah it's it looks like uh it, it could be pretty good I guess like Ray Liotta has to be in every mob film yeah um but hey you know I'm not mad at it I trust David Chase and his peoples to to make it worthwhile. Let's do a Euro Cup date, man. It's been oh, a while, shit. and the Euro Cup has been very good. Yeah, you know the Euro Cup. It's it's been a minute since I get to talk footy, but I think there's enough results happening. Um, just two ones that I want to bring up: uh, Switzerland versus France happened yesterday. The French, they were fucking cruising. Uh, they thought they were going to fucking, you know, just just get into into the next round. Uh, but this happens. This is the cruel thing about going up early um, in a match is that when you get too big of a lead, 
you can take your foot off and you can succumb to like the terrible, terrible comeback uh, that happens. And that's exactly what happened. The the Swiss got it all the way to penalties. And then the, you know, football's cruelest lover, the penalty kicks came and made an appearance. And it was, I mean, fucking Killian, Killian Mbappe, who is like the star of their World Cup winning team. He was like, he's the dude who fucked up and messed, missed his penalty. Um, but he's young, so he'll have plenty of plenty right, of wasn't tries. He 17 he when he was the star of their world like 18 team. or 19 yeah he was Jesus very young Christ. so he's got he's he's got he's got longevity um but it was honestly like a huge comeback for the swiss and i think you know we're seeing a lot of um you know there's some there's some teams who who look like they really want to get in it and just as we've wrapped recording you know the england and germany game ended uh and england and england Despite all of the fear that most England supporters have when they face Germany in a knockout game, because history shows that uh, it's typically on uh, Germany's side in these high stakes games, mm. they did it. They turned it around. And they won at Wembley, and you know a lot of people are screaming out, "It's coming home," meaning the trophy is coming back. Uh, but we'll see. You know, I heard uh, Harry Kane had a massive goal. I mean, he you know he 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 needed to score massive, in the tournament. Mate. He did. It was it, you know, his header really sealed the deal. Uh, but also, you know, shout out to young Bukayo Saka, who who's been starting. Uh, the Arsenal youngster has been showing him, yeah. you know, how he gets it done. So I'm also I kind of selfishly watch because we have a player who plays on the Swiss team who is going to be leaving Arsenal. But I'm like, yeah, man, he needs to go far. That way, we can drive up the fucking price on his transfer fee to be like, I don't know, man. You saw him captain this team all the way to the <laughs> final. You know that 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 brings the rate up a little bit. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's shrewd sports fanning right there. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you know someone's on the way out now, you got to think, okay, well we got to get the most out of it because Stan Kroenke isn't going to put a dime into it. Um, you're a more so. sophisticated sports fan than me. I my sports fandom is all magical hats and, uh, <laughs> you know, tur- turning away when I think, uh, my watching the game is, is cursing the team. So, oh yeah. Have you been yeah. watching? You, you said you've been eating. You've been paying. You've been paying a little more attention than normally to this uh, tournament. Uh, yeah, that being like watching Sports Center highlights, and then I watched the uh, I watched Portugal get knocked out. Um, yeah. Uh, the other day, like right when I get back from my in laws' house, they ne- they don't have like any uh, American TV, and so I like just drink in ESPN, like whatever's on ESPN, like right. Uh, you know, that's that's it. my way of decompressing um yeah, so if that. you had to if you had to pick a team what, what what would you uh um you know just for look if i'm being selfish i'll say switzerland because i want the price of granite Xhaka to go up uh but not to say that he's i don't know if that's necessarily going to re- create an exponentially higher transfer fee uh but i like i like england you know, mm. I like I just like that we have um again Bukayo Saka. I, I, I love to see this young man uh, you know, his career blossom and contribute to the England national team. Um so I'll I'll, I'll yeah, I'll 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 kinda I think I'll back England, you know. But I, I think it's 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 hard to know because I think going into this last match, there were a lot of question marks about England and Germany's ability to score and then, you know, uh the English showed that Playing in Wembley, there's a little bit of home field advantage because the tournament is sort of spread out across many countries just due to the pandemic. Um, mm. That that helped them, but yeah, I, I I would I would love to just for all the England fans that I know, uh, 
you know, it's been a while since they won a major tournament, 1966 to be exact. So, let's, oh wow, you know, here's maybe, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not mad if y'all won, not at all. Germany was the few times that I paid attention to the World Cup enough to like kind of get a feel for the different teams. Germany seemed like they had a pretty like coherent style to them. Like they were like very, very aggressive. Um, right. On a, like offensively, is that is that uh, typically how they play? Are they? I mean, yeah, they've had the same manager, Jurgi Love, uh, mm-hmm. who you know, if you, he has a lot of weird clips on YouTube of him like farting in his hand, like scratching his ass and like smelling it, or like eating his boogers. Wait, um, like, like legit like, digging in his ass, and people like are catching it. him doing that. Yes, or is he's, he's like a this YouTube man is on who the sidelines of a <laughs> world globally televised sporting event. And he comes through with these little cheeky. He did. He be like eating his boogers real low key, uh, and it's, so a lot of people fuck with him on that. But at the end of the day, he's been you know he delivers he delivered tournaments uh, for Germany. They have a really, I mean, they have a lot of good uh, young players, but they're missing like a real out and out striker up top. And I think they're just they're kind of they're like reconciling a few generations of players that, you know, this happens whenever you have like a generation of players that was really pivotal to a lot of success and you have youngsters coming up. But yeah, I mean, they've always, they're always, you know, a disciplined team. So, you know. And would you say, like as somebody who's a fan of multiple sports, would you say that soccer is like skill to victory like relationship i feel like soccer there's more of a chance for a bad team to beat a good team than most sports that i've seen is it is that accurate yeah i think i mean yeah because there's so many dimensions right yeah and the psychology of the players man can really contribute like you know like uh, for example i mean this didn't happen in the france game but like going up two nil in the first half is like dangerous for the team that score who's up two goals. Right. Because psychologically, right. like it's it's it can be it can create the perfect space for the other team to just come up and then hit you with a sucker punch and then suddenly you're in extra time and things like right, that. Right. Um but yeah, I think that's why it's you know, everyone calls it the beautiful game because right. there's still you can still have these like really great Cinderella stories about just, you know, underdog teams coming up and just overperforming. Um, you know, in, like in 2004, when the Greek national team won, a lot of people were like, "What the? Fuck? How the fuck did this happen?" Mm. Uh, but it did, you know. And I think that's what that's what people always. I think that's the the joy and the promise that the sport offers is that even if you aren't maybe on paper the best team, sometimes you just through sheer grit you can get all the way to the top. And yeah. that's why this that that's why that super league nonsense that happened earlier this so year American. was just out just so sort of rejected so aggressively because it took away the ability for people to, you know, dream essentially that your small team could make it all the way to this point. Um, right. And yeah. Whereas the NBA, I feel like is very much like the best team. A lot of the time wins. And like, that's kind of the point like the, that the best player will ultimately like break through a barring injuries, obviously, but mm-hmm. And that's like there's something that seems very American about that, like wanting the the star player to like take everybody yeah. on their back and, and uh, just that format though too of like there's no performance based incentive or like penalties for you know being dead last in a season like you know right. teams in the, like in our leagues and over here they're like yeah we'll throw some games just so we can get a better draft pick 
And yeah. whereas like in the system of relegation and promotion in Europe and with soccer, it's like you finish dead last. Well, see ya in the minors. Right. And the best teams who are grinding in the minors, now you get to be in the big leagues. Yeah. And that fluidity is what really creates the competition and keeps it fresh and keeps people, you know, really engaged. But at the end of the day, it's all about money. And it, it's it's similar to our sports here where there are certain teams that have very wealthy ownership uh, that can, you know, just buy their way into uh, a title. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be back to check in with the NBA playoffs. Uh, Christy Nome and Fox News. And we're back. And I'm starting to believe in these Clippers, bro. You know, they're down 3-1 prior to last night's game. Uh, and Ty Lu is just the most confident because he's like the one coach who's taken a team down from 3-1 to come back and win a championship. And he's like, yeah, no, we, we're good. And then they came through and uh, beat the Suns last mm. night. Yeah. Um, Paul George, playoff P was in full effect, baby. Playoff P is doing it. Look, when you look at the stats, this man has scored 20 points plus every fucking game <laughs> yeah, in the he's postseason. Great. That and he's like him- one of the best defenders, too. Like, that's the thing that came into stark relief last night is like the Suns' best offensive player, Devin Booker. They were just fucking eating off of him. Like, they were just finding ways to target him on, on defense. And yeah. Paul George is like one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. He look, and I, I, I love to laugh at the Clippers. Um, but yeah. then, if, you know, like, but I'm also, I try and be objective and know like, you know, when people are, you know, the, the, the numbers he's putting up, it puts him in the same category as Kevin Durant, Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. Yeah. man. In terms of his postseason performance. And I think that's a, that's something to behold. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, at the end of the day, do I hope that they win? Oh no, maybe I'll be salty, but it's, it's, it's great to watch. It's definitely great to watch, especially in those like must win games. When you see people just fucking like realize it's a must win. That's, yeah. It's always nice to see that sort of sheer will come out and see those performances. Mm. All right, guys, I promise that's the end of the sports talk. Uh, but All right. that, thanks for bearing with us for, okay. for that far. Well, hey, we 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 went global with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were talking about Le Bleu, you know, and and, and and the three lions and stuff. So we're good. What are the major countries that are still in it? Like Italy's still in it, England's still in it. Yeah, Spain. Spain. Uh, right now, uh, Ukraine and Sweden are, I think, might go to extra time. Oh. Wow. Um, yeah. So we got this. It, 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 there's some. There's some uh, interesting games. So yeah, we're gonna have. Let's see the next round. Are going to be this because like we get the quarterfinals Friday, so it's going to be Switzerland, Spain, Belgium, Italy, Czech Republic versus Denmark, England versus the winner of the Sweden-Ukraine match. Right. Yeah. I, by the way, keep in mind that my uh, definition of like major countries is just based on world wars, like powers. Yeah. And okay. World so wars. then, <laughs> so I guess England, well, Switzerland Germany. just <laughs> would hide the gold. Right. Spain. Right, right. Not so much. Right. Uh, Italy. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I mean, which mm-hmm. wars are we talking about? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Christy Nome is trending. Yeah. Uh, she is uh, sending 50 National Guardsmen to the Texas border. Uh, she wants to get in on that good border politicking. 
Yeah, one hundred percent. So she's like, what South Dakota? Uh, yes. And she's hold on, which Dakota? South, yeah, South Dakota. So she's from South Dakota, and mm-hmm. she, uh, you know, her her closest border is obviously Canada, uh, mm-hmm. but she's a Republican, and. Yep. She, you know, there's nothing that gets her base motivated like good old fashioned racism uh, and and guns. And so the border uh, sending some National Guardsmen down to the Texas border allows her to bring into play a couple very volatile ingredients. Yeah, I think what's also really obviously aside from trying to like reinforce this, you know, narrative at the border that it's this crisis and it's like, you know, it's like my message to Texas is help is on the way. Um, let's also not forget like the, the political uh, bend of the people that lobby Congress to keep uh, certain like worker regulations as such to hire undocumented workers and things like that. Republicans. But mm. anyway, let's talk more about this fake crisis that you use to, you know, create a little more nativism energy spikes. But the thing that was really striking people was they she's sending 50 troops and said that it was being paid for by a private donation. Hmm. So everyone was like, I'm sorry, are you just like pimping out the National Guard as like your weird little like 3%er militia so you can just right. like use them for political purposes? And they said for op for OPSEC, or they didn't say that, but for operational security reasons, specific names of units, number of members, and mission specifics will not be released. Hmm. Whoa. Okay. Cool. But yeah, so this is what we're seeing people turn their national, like we're seeing this like states rights shit, but now they're using the National Guard as like a mercenary crew. Yeah, I mean, well, the conservatives do have to fight for themselves because they're under attack. uh, Specifically, I don't know if you were watching Tucker last night, Mm. uh, like I was, Mm -hmm. but uh, he's saying the NSA spying on him, dude. Uh, Okay. Yeah, the okay. NSA, um, which he thinks is unfair. He doesn't seem to wasn't wasn't worried when Trump was you know targeting New York Times reporters or anything. Uh, and in fact, this is the the idea that the NSA would be monitoring him with is he's he's calling it out as like the the very opposite of democracy uh, oh, here on my show where I am pro authoritarian government. Uh, I'm going to pretend like I give a shit about democracy. Uh, Can you just do the what about thing? We go well. Tr- the DOJ was spying on reporters. Yeah, he apparently Trump. did not. Uh, didn't have anybody on his show. Don't know about that. Don't know that. about that. Don't. I haven't read that report, which is the great refrain for people who are so informed. No, I actually haven't seen that. I don't know anything about that. I don't know, so I can't really have a take. So that that will preserve the sanctity of my take. We know, like this dude loves to be the victim. He is like, oh yeah peak conservative white guy like just loving he really wants to uh like when people protested outside his house and he was like they're trying to kill us um and now he has an inside source uh who obviously is not going to reveal who the inside source is uh but they told him that they're monitoring uh his phones and they even had details about a story he's working on that nobody could have known about uh, hmm. so, you know, nobody could have known that they were working on a story. So vague. So vague. I mean, the, this dude, like 
you could I could have called him and been like uh, the NSA spying on you, and he would have found a way to make that the headline on the show. If if he listens, he'll take that clip right now and say like, "You see, <laughs> even they know." Right. Uh, uh, but yeah, good luck. Good luck to you, um, uh, sir, as you're being spied upon. I guess. Uh, but I don't think that's the case. But you need that to get your you know your few your viewers all in on this idea that you all are the most oppressed people on the planet. I mean, and you want to hear another example? They had to just pay out a million dollars. Who did? Because of Fox News. Why? The, the government made them. Like, wait, what? Wait, what happened? They violated some human rights uh, <laughs> with like sexual harassment. And- Ignored. And they ended up this. Oh, and then the city or the state just hit him with that. Yeah, just hit him. <laughs> wow. Um. So, like, you want to talk about unfair, man? They they referred to it as a legacy problem. Uh, like this is a legacy. Wow. Taking care of a legacy problem, not a problem anymore. Uh, done and dusted, baby. Wow. Uh, so well, for wanton violations of New York City human rights law. Yeah, but what does that mean? Nothing to see really? here. Nothing to see here. Nothing, Nothing to see here. Yeah. All right. So those are uh, some of the things that are trending here on this fine Tuesday afternoon. Uh, we are back tomorrow with a whole ass episode of the show. Until then, be kind to each other. Be kind to yourselves. Wear a mask. Get the vaccine. Don't do nothing about white supremacy. We'll talk to you all tomorrow.